Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned in to an all-new edition of the Metropolitan Report. I am your host, Alfred Parsar Jr., and here on this program, we talk about any and everything New York Mets. Today is Monday, July 12th, 2021, and it's the MLB All-Star break. Uh, so on this program, we're going to take a look at the past week of New York Mets baseball, talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, give my opinion on the first half and what we saw, what can be improved on, uh, give our predictions on the second half, and of course, we're going to take a look at the All-Star festivities, including the Futures game that happened yesterday, the Home Run Derby that's going to happen tonight, and the Midsummer's Classic that's going to happen tomorrow. But of course, before we get into all that, uh, let's look at the National League East standings. The New York Mets are in first place by three and a half games. They have a record at the All-Star break of 47 wins and 40 losses, good for a win percentage of 54%. They lead the Philadelphia Phillies, who have won two in a row, who sit at 44 and 44 even at 500. Uh, they're three and a half games behind, as we said. The Atlanta Braves are in third. They're four games behind at 44 and 45. But I don't know how well that record will hold up, considering that they lost Ronald Acuna Jr. for the season on Saturday when he tore his ACL. Uh, then the Washington Nationals, they've cooled off tremendously. They're in fourth at 42 and 47 and six games behind. And then as has been the case all season long in the cellar, the Miami Marlins, nine games behind, they're 39 and 50. So we are here at the All-Star break. Uh, the first half of the season has officially concluded. Uh, and this New York Mets team, they've, they've shown a lot. Um, one of several things that we've seen uh, throughout the first half. Uh, the Mets starting pitching rotation is solid. Uh, their one through three is very solid. Jacob DeGrom, Marcus Stroman, Taiwan Walker. Uh, we'll get to DeGrom and Walker in just a second individually, but they're very strong. Uh, Aaron Loop out of the bullpen. Uh, he has been tremendous in the first half of the season. He is one of the bullpen relievers that I trust the most uh, on this team. Uh, Aaron Loop with a record of 3-0 with a 1.61 ERA. He's pitched 28 innings so far this season, striking out 34. So he's having a, a great year. How he didn't make the all-star team, I have no clue. Uh, for the most part, uh, Edwin Diaz has been reliable. Edwin Diaz has only blown two saves all year. Uh, and this is taking into account the save he blew against the Pirates uh, yesterday afternoon. But uh, Edwin Diaz has, has shown glimpses of the old Edwin Diaz from the Seattle Mariners when he was the best closer in all of baseball uh, back in 2018. So uh, he's having a much better season uh, than the last two seasons combined. Uh, when we originally acquired him, Jerry's Familia may no longer be the dominant closer from 2015 that he was, but still boasting a 4-1 record, uh, 3.76 ERA. He's not not having a bad year by any stretch, is Jerry's Familia. This, this season has been more like a career revival for Familia. Uh, Familia has pitched really well. On the offensive side of the ball, Brandon Nimmo. Uh, he did spend uh, a, a good amount of time on the IL, but uh, he's batting 317 this season. Was over 300 before he got hurt. He's still over 300 now. Uh, Jeff McNeil, he, he spent uh, a considerable amount of time on the IL, but in the last couple of days, uh, his batting average has creeped up 
Uh, he's sitting at 258. Uh, Pete Alonso, who has been up and down and streaky this season, but overall first half numbers solid, batting 250, 17 homers, 49 RBI. And uh, we will be rooting for Pete tonight in the Home Run Derby at Coors Field. We'll get to that a little later on in the show. So uh, this Mets team, uh, they show that they can hang with some of the better teams in baseball. Um, earlier this week, they won the series against the Milwaukee Brewers. Of course, the Brewers are in first place in the National League Central. So uh, the Brewers, are, as of right now, sitting at 53-39. and 39. Uh, They're 14 games over 500. The Mets took two or three from them uh, earlier this season. The Mets won not only one, but two series against the San Diego Padres. Uh, that in and of itself, that Padres team, a tremendous team, especially when you consider the, the talent they have on that roster with the likes of Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, Eric Hosmer, T Tommy Pham, and the rest of the gang. Um, they're 13 games over 500, and they're third in the NL West, but the Mets uh, uh, won two series against the Padres, so... They, they've proven they can hang around with, with good teams. They took three or four from the Cubs when the Cubs were leading the NL Central way back when. So, um, again, tremendous. The Mets have been in first place uh, since early May, and we're in and we're in July now and in on a roll. Um, and then the, the, most, the most impressive thing about the New York Mets this season is the resiliency that they have shown. Uh, again, the Mets have relied on the bench mob for the most part. Uh, guys like Jose Peraza, Billy McKinney, uh, guys just just stepping up when needed. It's it's like next man up. Uh, Kevin Pillar, Jonathan VR, Jonathan VR, a guy who was expected to have uh, a lesser role on this team. JD Davis goes down, gets hurt, and now Jonathan VR is the everyday third baseman, and he's doing well. Uh, hit two home runs in the same game from each one from each side of the plate the other night uh, against Pittsburgh. Phenomenal, uh, you know it's it, it's a real testament to these guys. They want to win. They want to compete. You got guys like Kevin Pillar. He was an everyday player in Toronto, everyday player in Boston, uh, VR, everyday player in Milwaukee, everyday player on the Marlins, everyday player on the Orioles. So you get guys who were everyday players who came to the Mets, who came to Flushing expecting to be sporadically used and here we are and these guys uh, major contributions significant playing time um and 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 they've they've been producing however um there has been some ugly to go along with with the good um the team at times just can't get a hit the mets there have been games where they, they get one hit, two hits the entire game. Don't score any runs. Uh, there was even a situation on Wednesday in game two of the doubleheader. The Mets had the bases loaded with nobody out. And Francisco Lindor, Dom Smith, and Pete Alonso, the next three batters up, all struck out. They had Brad Boxberger on the ropes. And they, they couldn't capitalize. So, And also the Mets, they've, they've lost some winnable games. They've lost games where they should have beaten the opponent, but I know I know baseball is a long season, 162 games. Uh, you can't win them all, but at the same time, you know, you're uh, this Mets team at the break only seven games above 500. Who knows if all these little losses 
uh, if they'll pile up and come back to haunt the Mets down the stretch. But uh, the Mets completed a, a week of baseball where there were two rainouts. Uh, there, the game on Tuesday against the Milwaukee Brewers postponed. The game uh, against the Pittsburgh Pirates Thursday postponed. The Mets had two doubleheaders this week, one on Wednesday and another on Saturday, um, which I happened to attend in person this weekend. And again, this Mets club, they, they showed that they can hang with the best of them. Uh, they, they beat the Yankees last weekend. Uh, they took two games out of the three that they played in the, in the subway series. Uh, they took two or three from, from Milwaukee and they split with the pirates. Now the split with the pirates should have never happened. Two games that they had no business losing. Uh, the game that they played on Friday night, they, they won 13 to four. It was a bloodbath. Uh, we covered that on our Instagram at the Metropolitan Report, and we were covering that game live. It was a 40-minute rain delay in the bottom of the eighth inning. The umpires should have called that game, but hey, they let it continue, and uh, the Mets just destroyed the, the Pirates. They split the doubleheader uh, on Saturday, uh, the Mets losing the first, winning the second. Uh, I don't know how the Mets lost that first game. Marcus Stroman gave up a go-ahead home run. Uh, to the opposing pitcher, the way Tyler Anderson uh, hit that Marcus Stroman pitch, you would have thought he's a big league slugger hitting 30 home runs a year. Um, but you, that's unacceptable. You just can't, you cannot give up go-ahead home runs. The game was tied 2-2. Two to two. You can't give up a go-ahead home run to, to the opposing pitcher. A guy who, the, the opposing pitcher, unless it's like a Jacob deGrom or Julio Urias, um of the Dodgers, uh, that's supposed to be a guaranteed out. How they didn't get that out, I have no clue. Um, and then the Mets, uh, yesterday, they, they were up 5-0 at the end of the first inning, and they lose the game 6-5. to And another Achilles heel, Luis Rojas, as much as people get give him credit for, you know, managing, I know people say he manages uh, a first-place team that was primarily injured oh how could he be in first place when 91 million dollars of the team's payroll is on the injured list but like i've like i've said in previous editions of this program you have to manage to win the game and some of his managing decisions are mind-boggling for example uh in the game against pittsburgh yesterday uh rojas brought edwin diaz in in the eighth inning with one out meaning diaz needed five outs to 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 get the save at the time the Mets were up by a run. They were up 5-4. Uh, he could have went to Drew Smith. He didn't go to Drew Smith until after Diaz blew the save and gave up the lead. So it's certain things like that that you can't do. Um, there have been times this season where uh, the pitcher spot was due up. The Mets are down by a run. And what does he do? He pulls the, the pitcher and, and lets another pitcher pinch hit. There was one time he, he had David Peterson pinch hit for the pitcher spot. There was another time he had Jared Eikhoff pinch hit for the pitcher spot. And that's not managing to win the game when he had guys like Dom Smith and James McCann on the bench. Uh, another another issue that I've seen with this Mets team, Francisco Lindor's got a hit. He's batting two twenty seven right now. He had a solid game on Sunday. Uh, he went three for four, uh, including a home run, and he had a walk, so... He got on base four times. He's batting 227. Um, maybe in the second half, 
um, Lindor heats up. Uh, there's been a trend in the video game, uh, MLB The Show, where they talk about second-half heroes of past seasons. Maybe Lindor ends up being that. He becomes a second-half hero for this Mets team. Uh, I would like to see Lindor get in the 250, 265 batting average range, um, especially with that big extension. And guys like Michael Conforto, Conforto's got a hit. Uh, Conforto also went yard uh, in the game yesterday. Uh, he went two for four, three RBI, but he's batting 202 for a guy who, prior to the start of the season, um, he and his agent Scott Boris talked about wanting an extension. You're not going to get an extension uh, batting 202. He might have doomed himself not signing the contract in spring training because if, if the way he's been hitting holds up, he's not going to get a lot of offers that he wants. Not not from any good team, at least. So this Mets team, this Mets team has to, you know, they got to wake up. They've got to start hitting. They've got to start consistently hitting. And with the schedule the way it is past the all-star break, uh, later this summer, especially going into August, things are going to get tough. Uh, the Mets have not seen the Dodgers all year. Up until this point, the San Francisco Giants are the NL West leaders. They haven't played the Giants at all this season uh, either. So uh, got some good teams uh, coming down the pike um, past the All-Star break. They're going to be playing the Toronto Blue Jays, who, who they're still in the hunt in the AL East. They're playing for a wild card spot. They're above 500. The Cincinnati Reds are chasing the Brewers. They're another team with something to play for, looking to make a run down the stretch. Um, I mean, the Yankees always have a fierce rival rivalry with the Mets, regardless of uh, what's going on in the standings. And uh, who knows, the Cardinals may have something to play for if they could get their act together in the second half. All teams the Mets have, uh, with the exception of the Cardinals, because they played them earlier this year, um, all teams that may, ha may have, some, more, more than likely will have something to play for um in the second half down the stretch uh we're gonna take a, a quick break and then when we come back from the break because it's all-star weekend we're gonna talk about everything all-star game related how the Mets factor into the all-star break we'll even take a look at the futures game where Bre our own Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez uh also played so you're listening to the Metropolitan Report I am Alfred Parsar Jr. What's up, y'all? This is Barry Grant Jr., host of the All Even Podcast. I'm tuning in with my man, Alfred, host of the Metropolitan Report. That's the only place that I get my Mets news from. Tap in, because trust me, that's crazy. Hey, what's up, guys? Pete Alonzo here from the New York Mets, and uh, I'm here with Alfred, and I just want to say thank you so much to all you guys for listening to the Metropolitan Report. It's a really awesome show. You got some great insight on Mets baseball, and um yeah it's i mean it's a great place where mets baseball is talked about and we got a lot of really fun stuff coming up this year it's just been absolutely tremendous so thank everybody for listening to the metropolitan report and uh, alfred keep doing your thing and as always lfgm and we're back on the metropolitan report and again it's july 12th it's monday it's the mlb all-star break and um, today is one of the most exciting days in all of the baseball season because it's the home run derby. But before we get to the derby, uh, let's just talk uh, all-star selections real quick. Uh, originally, the Mets only had one all-star uh, named to the all-star game. That, of course, was Jacob deGrom. Uh, there was a lot of question 
as to whether Jake was going to pitch in the game. Uh, Jake was originally supposed to start yesterday against the Pirates, but he was scratched from the start after he was scheduled to start this past Tuesday. But because of the rain delay, his start was pushed back a day. So had he pitched yesterday against the Pirates and then expect him to go and pitch two days later in the All-Star game, it it just would have been it would have been a mess. It would have thrown him off his schedule. Um, Jacob DeGrom's not even uh, going to Colorado uh, to Coors Field to be a part of the festivities and take in uh, the experience. Uh, he's opting to go spend time with his family. And again, he was supposed to pitch Tuesday. The game got rained out. Doubleheader the next day. And then he would have had one day less less of rest had he pitched in the game yesterday. So he was a healthy scratch bullpen game. Uh, let's hear some comments from DeGrom about his whole reasoning uh, behind declining uh, his all-star selection and his reasoning for not going to Coors Field. Obviously, being named to uh, an all-star team is a great honor, but um, I'm going to take that time and just enjoy it with my family, whether I pitch Sunday or not, So, um, and get healthy for the second half. And was kind of up in the air whether I'd go or not. And then, you know, thinking about it, um, I think it's best for me and in, in this team for me to not go and throw in that and just rest for the second half. You know, I thought about it, um, but like I said, I, you know, flying across country to go not throwing it, you know, I have no, I, you know, I'm not going to throw in it. Like I said, I think the the best thing is for me to be healthy and be ready for the second half. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's beneficial for me to fly to Colorado and back. And really, if, if you break down what DeGrom is saying, he's not wrong. I mean, the all-star game for what it's worth it is a meaningless game. Doesn't do anything for anybody. Uh, it is an honor to be named an all-star for the season, but unless you're a five-year-old kid who I don't know, is, is a Rockies fan or, you live in a market like on the West Coast where the Mets only visit you one time a year and you don't really get to see Jacob DeGrom, then you're missing out. Uh, unless you live in the New York metro area or the tri-state area, you don't really get to see Mets games like that unless you're like an MLB TV subscriber or something like that. But uh, I, I completely understand. I respect DeGrom's, I respect DeGrom's reasoning, logic, and decision-making on this matter. Um, again, what are you going to do? You're going to pitch on, on short notice and ruin your schedule, um, to pitch maybe an inning or two in a game that doesn't mean anything. His priority should be the Mets, um, and making that push towards, uh, the postseason uh, in October, honestly. Um, the goal is to have baseball in Flushing, uh, in October and it would just be reckless and irresponsible, um, for the Mets or Jacob DeGrom himself to even want to go lobby to pitch in that game. So I, I understand it. Um, he's not the only uh, all-star who, due to uh, pitching schedules, has uh, decided to withdraw from the game. Brandon Woodruff of the Milwaukee Brewers pitched yesterday as well. Uh, he's being replaced. Um, but the Mets did uh, get a replacement for Jacob DeGrom. Taiwan Walker has made the all-star team for the National League. Um, and Walker, as I mentioned uh, previously, a great candidate to replace DeGrom. Uh, Taiwan Walker, who 
somebody who's had a, a litany of injuries, had Tommy John not too long ago, and uh, I, I can't think of a, of a better member of the Mets roster uh, who deserves a chance to be in the All-Star game. This is Taiwan Walker's first All-Star selection. Uh, going into the All-Star game, uh, he started 16 games. He has a win-loss record of 7-3, and 2.50 ERA. Uh, so, so Taiwan, this is this is this is really great. A guy who, when there were other pitchers on the market, the Mets could have went after. Charlie Morton was a free agent, uh, among other names, and they went to go with Taiwan Walker. Gave him a two-year deal, and for a guy who, you know, had Tommy John a couple years ago, really didn't find his stride in Seattle, Arizona, and now has come to this Mets ball club. And, and having an all-star season, I mean, it, it, it's great. Um, Taiwan Walker, well-deserved, well very well-deserved. Uh, speaking of selections, uh, the all-star futures game was yesterday. That game happened <laughs> concurrently with, with all the other games going on at the majors yesterday. But, man, that all-star futures game, the National League team blew the American League team out of the water. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the futures game, pretty much what it is, all the top uh, minor league prospects have their all-star game. Um, the, Ameri- the, the, the American League versus the National League, of course, you know, if you're, like, for example, Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez played in the game, um, they're on the National League team, obviously, because they're, they're in the Mets farm system. But, man, what a game it was. And for those of you who, who really know baseball and know the, the top prospects in baseball, um, this is a star-studded list. I mean, you had Austin Martin in, in the Blue Jays system, Adley Rushman uh, in the Orioles system, uh, Jason Dominguez, the the top Yankee prospect, uh, Jeter Downs of the Red Sox, uh, Spencer Torkelson um, from from the Tigers, uh, Yolqui Cespedes, Yoenis uh, Cespedes' his younger brother in the White Sox system. Uh, again, uh, Jared Kelenic, who had a cup of coffee. Uh, in the majors uh, earlier this season before being sent back down. And that name may sound familiar to Met fans because uh, Kellenic is who we gave up to get Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz a couple years back. But uh, Jared Kellenic uh, is very surprising because usually in, in the Futures game, once a guy has major league experience, you really don't see him in the Futures game. But, I mean, hey, he... He... Uh, he got selected to play in the game after being in the majors for a couple weeks to send back down. Julio Rodriguez, sorry, as well uh, for the Mariners. Uh, and it, and, it, and it's 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 really weird here because uh, in this Futures game this year, it wasn't just all guys at the AAA level. You had some AAA guys, some AA, and then in the case of Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez, they're in high A ball. That's one step up above rookie ball, and they're having an impressive showing with 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 AAA guys who are on the cusp of the majors, or in the case of Kellenic, a guy who's been in the majors already. Um, and then other big names as far as prospects: um, Nick Lodolo in the Red System, Quinn Priester in the in the Pirate System, uh, Marco Luciano in the Giants uh, organization. So these these names are not slouches. Uh, as far as how our guys did, and it's crazy because 
Nobody from AAA Syracuse or AA Binghamton was invited to the Futures game. They took these two guys from High A Brooklyn. Um, and the two Cyclones, uh, Fran uh, Francisco Alvarez looked really good. Uh, he hit a home run in, in the sixth inning that was a moonshot. So uh, his power was on display. He also uh, had a lot of power uh, in batting practice. Uh, there's footage of you can look it up on uh, MLB.com. Uh, he was putting on a show in BP. And although Brett Beatty went 0 for 2 in the game, the fact that he made the All-Star Futures game is an accomplishment. Um, we've seen what the All-Star Futures game has done for uh, Francisco Lindor, Fernando Tatis, or even if you want to look in the Mets past, David Wright himself. Um, and further news, it was announced this weekend um, that Brett Beatty is getting promoted to A Binghamton so he will no longer be a Brooklyn Cyclone. If you go to Maimonides Park, you will not see Brett Beatty uh, anymore. So uh, well-deserved promotion. When the All-Star break ends, uh, which I believe for the Miners, they, they go back to playing on Wednesday, um, you will see Brett Beatty as a Binghamton Rumble Pony, no longer a Brooklyn Cyclone. Another promotion well-deserved. Uh, in the high A season for the Brooklyn Cyclones, Beatty was batting 305, so uh, very impressive numbers there. In other news, uh, Major League Baseball has moved the MLB draft to All-Star Weekend, and the draft was also yesterday. The draft uh, was about an hour after the conclusion of the Futures game. Um, for those of you unfamiliar with how baseball works, unlike the NFL and the NBA that do their drafts in the offseason, the major leagues, they do their draft in baseball uh, during the season. Reason being is because um, unlike the NBA and the NFL where, where whoever gets drafted uh, goes straight to the pros, uh, in, in Major League Baseball, they start in the minors. And uh, the Major League Baseball draft was yesterday. Uh, the Mets had the 10th overall pick. And when I tell you that the Mets really got a gift from all the other teams that uh, were drafting. I don't know how he fell to 10th, but the New York Mets selected Kumar Rocker from Vanderbilt. And for those of you who pay attention to college baseball, Vandy, they are a baseball powerhouse. Um, Kumar Rocker, was, it, he was part of that one-two punch with Jack Leiter and... You know, even though Leiter is, is the better of the two, Rocker is, is not too far behind. Uh, Kumar Rocker, who's 21 years of age, uh, he was selected 10th overall by the Mets. Uh, he was ranked by Baseball America as the 5th best prospect in the draft. And the MLB pipeline uh, ranked Rocker as the 6th best prospect in the 2021 draft. Uh, he was ranked as the 2nd best pitcher, again, behind his Vanderbilt teammate, Jack Leiter. Uh, in 2021, in the college season, uh, Rocker uh, went 14-4 and with a 2.73 ERA. He had 37 earned runs in 122 innings. Uh, he had 39 walks, but struck out 179 in 20 starts. Uh, he led NCAA Division I in both wins, and he tied Jack Leiter for the most strikeouts. Uh, during his three years overall at Vanderbilt, he had a 28-10 record with a 2.89 ERA, 76 earned runs given up in 236 and two-thirds innings. 
He walked 68, but punched out 321 batters in 47 career games, with 39 of those 47 games being starts. Uh, Kumar Rocker, of course, from Athens, Georgia. Uh, He was a member of the All-SEC first team this season and was a Dick Hauser Trophy finalist, as well as a Golden Spikes Award semifinalist. Um... His freshman year was also impressive. He went 12-5 with a 3.25 ERA, 21 walks, 114 strikeouts in 22 games. And he was named Baseball America's Freshman of the Year and was on that SEC All-Freshman team. Uh, He was named the College World Series Most Outstanding Player. Uh, Rocker went 2-0 with a 1.46 ERA uh, back in the... 2019 college world series so the kid comes from a winning culture um again he was a member of the 2019 national champions and then he was a member of this year's vanderbilt squad that went to the world series they didn't win um ultimately falling to mississippi state but he still went to the college world series twice won once lost a second time but the kid knows what it takes to to win. He comes from a championship culture in that program, and I don't know how he fell to 10th overall when he was the 6th best prospect in the pipeline. So uh, 6 through 9, that was 4 teams that skipped over him, but I'm glad we got him. Uh, he was somebody I had my eye on entering this draft. So I'll take the 2nd best uh, pitcher in the draft anytime especially because this current Mets team needs pitching. He could be our ace of the future. Jacob DeGrom only has a couple more good years left in him, so you, you, you never know. DeGrom's 32. We need to start thinking of the future now, so that was a that was a great pickup. And imagine that future Mets team if all holds well. Um, Francisco Alvarez behind the plate, uh, he, and he and, and, and Rocker being a 1-2 battery uh, with... with uh, with Brett Beatty playing third or the outfield and Mark Vientos out there. So the future's looking bright for the Mets. Uh, really, really bright. Uh, so we've talked about the draft, the futures game. Uh, tonight is the home run derby. Of course, there was no all-star festivities last season due to the COVID truncated season. So Pete Alonso is defending his crown that he won in 2019. And that was a heck of a finals that he and, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. of the Toronto Blue Jays had, um, but I know we we got into it just a little bit on the last edition of the report last week, but I'm just going to go over the field uh, one more time. So we know that uh, Shohei Otani, who is the league leader in home runs, he's entering the, uh, the home run derby this season. Uh, we've also got Matt Olson from the Oakland Athletics, he's thrown his name in the hat. Salvador Perez of the Kansas City Royals, he's going at it. Trey Mancini, who, if he wins, would be a, a Cinderella story. This time last season, he was battling stage four colon cancer, and now he, he he's come back to he he's come back into this uh, home run derby to try to win, and it's remarkable he's even playing baseball this season at all and doing well. Uh, of course, we said Pete Alonso. Uh, Joey Gallo of the Texas Rangers has thrown his name in the hat. Juan Soto, uh, he's going to be in this home run derby. The hometown hero could be Trevor Story. Um, there is rumors that he may get moved to the deadline, but as of right now, he's a Colorado Rocky. Uh, he's trying to become 
uh, only the fourth player in history to win the home run derby in his home stadium, following Bryce Harper in 2018 in Washington, Todd Frazier in 2015 in Cincinnati, and Ryan Sandberg in 1990 in Chicago. So, the it, the the field is loaded. The field is loaded, ladies and gentlemen. Um, who do I think is going to win? I personally think Shohei Otani will win. Shohei Otani, um, again, out of anybody in this in this tournament, he's got the most home runs at 33. Juan Soto has 11. Joey Gallo has 24. Trevor Story has 11. Matt Olson has 23. Uh, Trey Mancini has 16. Salvador Perez is 21. Pete and Pete has 17. But uh, again, this should be a slugfest. The the home run derby is the the key selling point uh, of of MLB's All Star Week, uh, similar to the NBA's dunk contest um, or or the NFL's uh, skills competition. Uh, this is where it's at as far as the selling point of MLB All Star Weekend. Um, as much as we want to see Pete win, I don't think he's gonna win. I I, I predict that Pete will get to maybe. Um, if I had to call it maybe the second round, the brackets are out. Um, in the first round, it'll be Shohei Otani versus Juan Soto, uh, Salvador Perez versus Pete Alonso, Joey Gallo, uh, versus Trevor Story and Matt Olson versus Trey Mancini. Um, if Pete Alonso should defeat Salvador Perez, which I think he will in the first round, he's got to go up against Shohei. I don't think he's going to beat Shohei. So... I think he gets to the second round and Shohei eliminates him in route to uh, winning the whole thing. So that's my prediction. Um, I'm not going to sit here and predict the MLB All-Star Game, the Midsummer Classic. Um, I usually just sit down and watch the All-Star Game, hoping to be entertained, hoping to see a couple of home runs, some, some strikeouts, duels between aces and top position players. There's, there's no point in predicting that. It's just to have fun. Uh, We're going to take one last break, and when we come back, we're going to look at the Mets' schedule uh, post-All-Star Weekend festivities. You're listening to the Metropolitan Report. Do you have an event that needs a design? How about planning? You can take care of all your event needs with ARJ Signature Design, run by Alnisa Reed Jenkins, where you can get custom floral designs, event designs, set designs, as well as retail and commercial installs. You can get all that done by Alnisa Reed Jenkins of ARJ Signature Design with event planning and event designing and is also a family-run business. Again, that's ARJ Signature Design. And you can go ahead and get your free consultation by contacting Miss Reed Jenkins at ARJSignatureDesign.com. They do a great job. And again, if you need any event florals, custom floral designs, or a set design, whether you're commercial, retail, or personal, ARJ Signature Design can get the job done for you. Again, that's ARJSignatureDesign.com for your free consultation now. And we're back on the Metropolitan Report. And this Mets ball club, uh, after the All-Star break, they resume play on Friday. So the All-Star game is tomorrow. Off days on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, this Mets team has a six-game National League Central road trip. They play three in Pittsburgh, followed by three uh, against Cincinnati before 
they have an off day Thursday, and then they come back home, and that's when the schedule gets a little tough. Uh, so the schedule is as follows. Uh, Friday through Sunday is Pittsburgh. Monday through Wednesday is the Reds. Off day, and then uh, Friday the Toronto Blue Jays come to town, and that's what worries me. Um, so this schedule is getting tough. Um, I can't even say that Pittsburgh is a cakewalk because they came in here for four games in Flushing, and they, and they ended up splitting the series with the Mets. Um, I do believe that this Mets team should go 4-2 uh, during this road trip. I think that they should sweep the Pirates and uh, take at least one from the from the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds, of course, have something to play for. They're chasing the Milwaukee Brewers in a heated uh, National League Central race. Uh, as of right now, coming into, well, at the end of yesterday, because there's no action uh, for these next couple of days, uh, the Reds, they're, they're four games out of first place in the National League Central. And they're uh, three and a half out of that final wild card spot that's being held by the Padres if the season would have ended today. So this is a team with uh, Nick Castellanos, Jesse Winker, Joey Votto, uh, Eugenio Suarez, and all those guys who they have something to play for. The Blue Jays, also another team, something to play for. Um, if we look at the Toronto Blue Jays, they're third in the AL East. They're eight games out at 45 and 42. But... And then they're also four and a half games out of that AL wildcard spot. But all teams over 500 is going to be a mad dash for these wildcard spots. Uh, I'm not going to go too in-depth into the schedule past the uh, Pittsburgh-Cincinnati series. Um, just because um, there, there's, there's such a huge gap uh, of time between now and Friday. Um and then also the trade deadline is looming. The trade deadline is the 30th. So that's going to be exactly two weeks from this Friday. Uh, what moves will the Mets make? The Mets do need something that they can't trade for. Like I've said pre previously, they need health. You can't trade for health. You can't sign a free agent for health. You can't call up a minor leaguer for health. So, um, but uh, I'll get into uh, trade deadline news or rumors, I should say, in my predictions in a later edition of the Metropolitan Report, since we still have two weeks to go, probably next week. Um, we will be back on Thursday to look at what happens in both the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game and see uh, talk about some Mets news. It might be a light edition of the Metropolitan Report, but we will be back Thursday. Uh, I do apologize for the absence of the report last week. Uh, this is the first report since uh, Saturday, July 3rd. But uh, we will be back on our bi-weekly schedule every Monday and Thursday on both uh, Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify and wherever else you get your um, uh, podcasts and digital platforms. So uh, look out for us again uh, every Monday and Thursday going forward for the rest of the season, including the playoffs. Uh, the Metropolitan Report will be here providing you with all the latest Mets news notes and commentary and with that being said i've said all there is to say and the only thing left to say is let's go mets